Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Don't freak out. It's it's not a Tuesday. You don't have to look down at your calendars, look at your phones, and think, "Man, have I lost two days?" You've not. You've not lost two days. Everything is fine. It's just the cracking night show is coming at you on a Sunday rather than a Tuesday because we recorded a couple of days early. And one of the reasons for that, and obviously have my co-host JP here with me, is because we've got quite a bit to talk about, and it's been quite an eventful week. Uh, for both the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, this is the Kraken Night Show, uh, normally coming to you on a Tuesday. Uh, and we cover the two youngest teams of the NHL, which is, of course, Seattle and Vegas. So, JP, this is the last one of these shows where we're both in weird locations, recording at weird <laughs> times, which is freaking us both out. Yeah. But how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I wrap up my international travel uh, <laughs> this week. And so next week I will be back in my home studio, uh, recording where we're used to recording and, uh, yeah, we won't have to, uh, we'll have more control over the sound and it'll be back to what we're used to, but, uh, we're, we're still doing it, still talking about the teams. That's the main thing. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, just, it's more work that hopefully no one else can notice and it's just me and you that gets, gets freaked out by yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. the time we, difference. We probably, so. yeah, we notice it more than anybody else does, but, uh, yeah, I'm good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's, it's all getting a bit samey now as a, as a Kraken Knight fan. I was a Kraken, Seattle Kraken fan, not as a Kraken Knight fan. As a Kraken Knight fan, hopefully you're finding that we're giving you variety and quality in your podcast, of course, but as a Seattle Kraken fan, yeah, it definitely definitely feels like yeah uh, yeah you kind of just waiting for this for the trade deadline to see what happens and waiting for the season to wrap kind of thing that's how it feels now huh? oh yeah yeah 100 mm percent. and um and you can feel that and we're going to cover some of the stuff a little bit later but um the frustration is definitely more on the uh, the vegas side mm -hmm. than the mm -hmm. seattle side that's yes plenty of that to go around these days so so we have got a lot to cover today. Um, we are predominantly going to be Vegas. So for the Vegas fans that listen to this podcast, you guys are going to be in luck or you're going to be, you know, or we're going to wind you up even more and get you even angrier than maybe you already are because there's plenty of stuff to talk about in Vegas. Um, but before we get across to Sin City, we are going to kick off with some news. I thought I'd save you, JP, from the jingle so you didn't have to hear yourself sing. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna drop that in occasionally when you don't expect it. Um, but there's there's only two real bits of news, so the, the jingle kind of feels like we've overplayed the amount of news here, but we're gonna go with it anyway. Uh, and the most important bit of news, and the reason why uh, I had a smile on my face the other day is that the Seattle Kraken signed Jared McCann to a five-year extension, um, five million. AAV as well so all the fives uh and you know I mean obviously I'll get your thoughts in a second JP but for me this was a a massive deal for the Kraken it was on Ron Francis's to-do list arguably it was top possibly second behind trade Giordano for something useful um but it was definitely high up there and and he's one of the most positive picks that they took in the uh in the expansion draft and yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see him stay as a as a Kraken player for for the next five years. Yeah, yeah, it seems like I'm kind of a bit of a fan favorite, right? And and part sort of maybe the first part of the kind of long term core of this team, right? You're you're thinking that at the beginning of this season, but now now we can see what the team is is going to start looking at for the future core, right? Like what's yeah. going into season two, season three. And clearly they want McCann to be a part of that core, or at least that's what they're thinking right now. So, and the fans love him, right? Yeah, they do. He is a, definitely a fan favorite and um, him and Tanev are probably, you know, I'd say maybe two and one because mm -hmm. Tanev is, is clearly the most in terms of a fan favorite, but McCann, McCann's kind of one of those guys mm -hmm. you get behind. Right. He's career high in terms of goals. So for me, the 5 million AAV is a good value because it's not, that high that if he doesn't produce, it's like a horrendous cap hit. Mm -hmm. But if he does produce and he becomes a top six uh, forward, then, you know, and arguably he is already that. But if he continues to produce at the levels he's producing now, and, and he's got 33 points in 50 games, so he's not a point per game player, 
you know, but he's had injuries uh, and he's on a team that is uh, pretty dreadful. So mm-hmm. he's, you know, 21 goals is a, is a good level for him at 50 games. So you think by that, he's probably going to be on somewhere like 30 odd goals for the season if he carries on at the same pace, which he, which he probably won't. But still, like you said, it's about Ron Francis in that interview that we talked about last week. Um, you know, he gave quite a bit away, which is, which is rare, you know, rare for Ron Francis, but he, he talked about understanding who the core is, you know, locking those guys in. And then if they're not part of the core, kind of looking to see what you can get for them. And, you know, I'm glad to see that McCann is, 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 is part of that core and is someone that he's looking to, to kind of build around because, you know, as, as, as we talked about last week, there's the Kraken are clearly not working right now. Mm-hmm. So they have to choose what works, what doesn't, and move forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm it, all for it. I think it's a great move. Absolutely. And players like McCann and Tanev, I mean, just those two guys alone, right? That's a that's a really cool kind of, you know, like anchor point to build a core around, right? Like mm. two guys that the fans love, two guys that are, you know, major contributions in the lineup, like Tanev, right? energy guy Mm -hmm. like was scoring quite a bit before he got hurt too but like you know lovable player tons of personality gritty player right like yeah i mean that's that's a great start and i know we've already you know we're most of the way through a full season here but i think most (laughs) fans would agree the kraken are just getting going here right they're just getting started like expansion season now let's start to build the team for real now that we know a little bit more and see how we go so uh, those two players um fantastic you know and and i don't know what where tana's contract is but uh hopefully they lock him up as well you know so he's he was already locked up before but he um yeah so i think he's got two or three years after this year. Yeah. So he's, so, and that's what I mean. So we know now that, you know, we know that Jordan Eberle is going to be there unless it's a shock trade, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't see anybody picking him up with his contract the way it is. Jaden Swartz isn't going anywhere. You know, you've got McCann now, that's three. You've got Tanev, that's four. It would be nice to see Venberg go, but I don't think he will. So that's five. So of your kind of top six, mm-hmm. like there's not, it's not like we're going to be starting next year with a completely blank slate. Like we can start to see the pieces being slotted in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, and you still got Grubauer back there, right? <laughs> like hasn't been a great year for him, but if Grubauer <laughs> can play to his potential, yeah. then, you know, it's, uh, th- there's some good, you know, good things to look forward to well, going into next year. Hold, hold that thought JP, because uh, I've got, a, I've got a, a dangerous stat later about our goalie tandem which i uh, which i saw yeah um, but we'll, we'll you know that, that, there's a reason to continue to listen to the podcast because <laughs> later in this episode i'm going to tell you something horrific when, about goalies when we so. get to the cracking part of it yeah exactly yeah exactly and then the other bit of news and uh, and this is uh, pretty minor but it's true but obviously for those that don't know it is the heritage classic this sunday which is the sabers versus the leafs um and interestingly they're saying they're expecting snow so uh, always good for a watch. I'm not a big fan of these sorts of games yeah. when they're not teams that I care about. But mm. if there's snow, then it could be worth a watch. Yeah. So. It's just kind of a fun... I look at them. I mean, they're regular season games, right? They count toward the standings, but um, more it's just kind of a novelty, right? It's just something a little bit different. And it's fun, you know, usually fun to watch these games. But uh, I'm like you. Yeah. I don't have a lot invested in, in either team. So... Um, doesn't really matter to me who wins, but, uh, snow, that'll be interesting, right? They're, yeah. they, uh, they're always out there freezing their butts off at these things. It seems like you know, <laughs> frostbite on the ears and, uh, you know, dealing with bad ice and all this stuff. Is it, I don't, I'm actually not even sure where are they holding this one? Is it going to be in Buffalo or no? Where, where are they having it? Do you know? Uh, I, yeah, I think it's Buffalo. In Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. I'm, well, I'm not surprised actually, it's going to snow then. Buffalo. Yeah. But, um, uh, should be, be fun. Could be wrong. It shows how little I'm invested in it. Is I actually don't know where it is. So <laughs> I, put you on I just the hope the Leafs lose. You know, that's just <laughs> standard. Um, well, that is our news. But before I'm doing the jingle, because I'm conscious that uh, we need to get straight into it, I want to move across to. Which you've probably not heard that that often at the moment. No. So uh, for, for fans of uh, Vegas, that is the song that gets played after you win a game, just in case you've uh, forgotten. Um, and uh, it's been a pretty pretty bad week. We, 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 we Last week we were talking around the results were better, but the performances weren't. And, you know, did we really feel like the team had taken that step? And then this week happens and we're kind of like, yeah, they definitely did not take that step. So... Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I want you to obviously, because look, it's better to hear from, from you, JP, than me, but just to quickly summarize the results for this week. Uh, it started with started positively because it started with a win over Ottawa 2-1, uh, but it was followed by two losses. So Philadelphia loss, which was 2-1 to Philadelphia, and then obviously the loss, which for us was, well, for me it was last night. For you it was possibly even Today. earlier than that. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I can never remember where you are. Um, but <laughs> Earlier was, today for me, yeah. But it was 3-1 yeah. uh, against uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. So, JP, over to you, but I mean, it's it's been a, another tough week for Vegas fans, to say the least. Oh, yeah, beyond tough. And, and you know, it's funny, <clears throat> earlier this week, you know, we're always kind of mulling over what we're going to cover on the show. And earlier this week, I was thinking, okay, Eichel in the Ottawa game, which the Knights won <laughs> two to one, Eichel had this incredible buzzer beater goal that won the game for them. Totally elite stuff, right? Like the kind of shot that, very few players in the league would have been able to sink, right? Like it's elite stuff. It's likely that probably no other player on the team or maybe one other Pacioretty might've been able to sink that shot um, and won the game with like five seconds left. And so I was, you know, building up to this show, I was thinking, Oh great. Well, let's, you know, even though it hasn't been great for Vegas, let's, we could talk about Eichel and, and how, you know, how (laughs) things are going well for him and he's getting better and you know look we can recognize that but honestly and you know we always try to kind of keep this as as positive as possible like we don't want to focus on the negative too much but it's getting to the point with vegas you you can't ignore it and that's really you know all we can really talk about today for the most part are the deep deep problems with this team i mean if you look at the week um you know, they barely beat Ottawa, barely beat Ottawa. Jack Eichel build them out. So, and then, you know, Philly, <laughs> they lost to Philly and they lost to Buffalo. And these are three of the worst teams in the league right now that um, they're not even giving these teams a tough hockey game. Really. It's, um, no. it just, uh, let's be honest. I try to be hopeful, but it just hasn't been right for the Knights all season. Just that they haven't, they really have not looked good for most of the year. They've, they've had some stretches where, you know, where they've managed to bang out some wins. Obviously they're still in third, but they really haven't looked like a contender at all this year. And I think the fan base is at the point where they're accepting that, that this is likely not the year for the Knights. And, um, you know, for me today was kind of the breaking point for me, the Buffalo game. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're in Buffalo and, um, everybody in Buffalo circled this day on their calendar, I'm sure, because it was Jack Eichel's return, <laughs> right? It was his first yeah. game back in Buffalo. Attendance was massive. Like it was like one of the most highly attended games they've had in Buffalo in ages. Right. And, uh, you know, they booed, by the way, the Buffalo fans booed Jack Eichel every time he got the puck. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand why I don't get that, it. Like I, it, like, yeah, doesn't make any sense That's, to me. It doesn't know? make any it's, sense to me either. It's like, what was he supposed to do? Like stay in Buffalo? You get, you know, the team sucks. Like, is he, is he supposed to just remain loyal? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they're booing him. I don't understand that. I like, for me, I thought it was tacky and classless. Um, but you know, whatever in Buffalo, maybe they understand it more than I do, but you know, they, they booed the guy every time he got the puck. And I have to read his quote because it's amazing. <laughs> in in a, in his post-game interview, and by the way, it was a bit of a rough game. So he's pretty emotional, right? It's another frustrating loss for the team. But he was quoted as saying, they were asking him about like the enthusiasm from the crowd and all that. And he said, that's the loudest I've heard this place ever. It only took seven years and me leaving for them to get into it. <laughs> So, I mean, like, <laughs> talk about a burn, right? Like, touche. Mm-hmm. And fair enough. I think the, I think the Buffalo fans deserved every bit of that comment from Jack Eichel. Because for me, totally tacky to boo him every time he gets the puck. That just makes no sense to me at all. But anyway, all that aside, um, today was the day that my mind, my perspective on Vegas and what needs to happen yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, yeah. I said, you know what? I give up. Like, 
today's the first day that I truly believe this isn't, it's just not going to happen for Vegas this year. It's not going to happen. They, they, they may make the playoffs, but to be honest, I think it'd be better if they didn't. I really think it would be better if they missed the playoffs and had a whole off season to rest up, retool, mm-hmm. rethink, regroup. Mm-hmm. Cause this roster does not have it. And, um, you know, injuries, I, I don't know. The injury thing's been crazy. They've got, they had eight players out of the lineup today. Eight. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's funny you say about the injuries because, um, there's some guy posted on Twitter. It's a guy called Chris Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who I, I, I don't know. I, I, somebody else quoted him. So it's just, you know, it's not, yeah, Chris, Chris Chapman. The, he's one of the he's one of the Vegas. Uh, he covers the Knights for one of the Vegas publications, I think. But anyway, okay, yeah, keep cool. going. So, um, well, no, he, he'd put on here. Vegas have played fifty eight games up to this point, and according to Hockey Reference, the total games missed by this group of players is two hundred and three. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, if you have five players out the same day, then it's five rather than one game missed, but two hundred and three. And these are some of the players and how many games they've played. Remembering the total available games to play as 58. So Stone has played 28 games. He's missed 30 games this season. Carlson, 43. Pacioretty, 27. You know, Janmark, who seems to be one of the fitter ones in the group, 47. So he's missed, you know, 11 games. White Cloud, 38. He's missed 20 games. Carrier, 49. So he's missed um, nine games. Martinez, 11. He won't play this season. So that's what he's going to end up with. And Nolan Patrick, and I hate to say... I told you so, Vegas fans. But I, when they made that trade for with Cody Glass and all the rest of it, and I, I, I know there's loads of reasons behind it, and I really like Nolan Patrick as well, and I think he's a great player when he's on the ice. But the problem is, is that he spends too much of his career sat on a physio table, mm-hmm. and he just not going to get you any points from that physio table, no matter how good he is. So, mm-hmm. so injury that, prone. He is, and you you don't need that when you're Vegas because you've already got injuries coming out of your ears because mm-hmm. of of that list that I just read. Then, so yeah. it's and it's it's interesting to hear you say that because obviously you know, like I I'm not a Vegas Golden Knights fan, but I always class myself as a Vegas Golden Knights sympathizer because you know because of UJP because of what we do here. Like I want them to be successful, but to see I've kind of seen the hope be be, be almost like you know, drained from you over the last couple of weeks. Because mm-hmm. even the ha- most hardcore of Vegas fans now, except for people who are maybe just adamant that it's just going to happen. They've got no logic, no 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 science behind it. It's just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And therefore, because I said it. But, right. you know, everybody else who's got a logical head on their shoulders is looking at this team going, yeah, this isn't just injuries. Like there's something deeper here that's going on because mm-hmm. it's just, like you said, these are three games they had to win. It's yep. as simple as that. The way it's in terms of the league right now, so Vegas has sat third, as you said, with 68 points. But Edmonton have got 66 points and they've played one less game. And this is that same Edmonton team who went on like an 11-game losing streak and mm-hmm. have been dreadful yep. and, haven't, and aren't that much better now, by the way. But they are, they are literally two points behind you with a game in hand, which means that if they win that game in hand, they're level. Uh, the, the Kings... And now three points ahead of you. Calgary obviously sat in first in the division and nine points ahead. It's you know, Vegas are in trouble. You know, and I'm not telling I'm not saying anything that you know Vegas fans are gonna be listening saying we know this, Ian, but like they seriously are in trouble now. This isn't just a case of like they need to pull their act together. Like they need down down they need to go on a streak. Because mm-hmm. and I've said this plenty of times before, and all you have to do is on NHL.com is flick into the central division and you'll see why you don't want to be in that wildcard mix. Yeah. And it's because you're probably not going to make it. If you end up in the wildcard spots, I think they'll be taken by two central teams. And I think you'll, you know, that Vegas will lose out. And for a team that puts all of its chips down on one number, like it's, it's, it is, it's worrying, you know, and it's, the- very worrying. And it's, and, and it's, you know, it's interesting. Some fans get triggered to, to this state of feeling or emotion more easily than I do. I've always been more patient with the team than a lot of fans. Yep. I've always been the guy that's like, well, listen, you know, cut these guys a break. They've done, they've done so well for so long. Um, and so I would always be one of the last fans to, to, 
maybe reach this way of seeing things. But, um, and, and like I said, fans have been slowly converting to this way of looking at it throughout the season. But I'm finally at that point too, where they don't deserve to go to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing. Like you can hope, but it's hard to get excited about a playoff run because, um, it's not just about the injuries. They just don't try. Like when they're Mm -hmm. on the ice, they don't, they don't look cohesive. They don't have any heart. Like the players are not stepping up to the plate and I get it. Sometimes the locker room's just not right. And I'm sure that's, it's really hard to, to play hard. And you know, it's like, imagine, you know, have you ever been like in a relationship, a dating relationship or, or maybe a job that you have, or maybe a group of friends that you have and, and maybe you had all these good times, but then at one point, at some point, like too many things have happened, too many things have gone wrong. Right. And it's just never going to be the same. Right. And you're like, I can try all I want, but it's just never going to be the same. And this happens within teams, interpersonal things happen, you know, like guys don't like each other. Maybe people don't like the coach. Maybe there's a, a million reasons why these things can happen, but they don't have their mojo and I don't think they're going to get it back this season. And to be honest, I don't know if I want them to get it back. I don't want to watch this team go on a playoff run, frankly, because you know why I figure why not just miss the playoffs and then have a really long off season to rest up and they're going to retool. No doubt about that. Missing the playoffs moves are going to happen. You know, hard to say how drastic they'll be, but moves are going to happen. You know, why, why make the playoffs and get all banged up for one round, you know, or maybe two rounds, you know, and then everybody's got to have surgery. And, you know, when, when teams go into the playoffs, guys get seriously injured and then they play through those injuries and like, just miss the playoffs (laughs) and take the time to heal up and get right. You know, it's, it's, um, it's mysterious. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but I, it's a psychological most of what it is is psychological. The team's collective mind is not in the right place. That's clear. And it really hasn't been all year. It's hard to say why, but uh, until they can discover that, this team is not going to be a contender. And I just think, well, how many games do we have left? I mean, we're, we're approaching 20, maybe 20 games left, maybe a 22. Little, well, yeah, yeah. Well, give it, I mean, it depends on the team. Depends on the team. But obviously, there's 82 games in total. So right. roughly. You're, you're closing in on about 20, yeah. 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 And so statistically, they, they definitely could still make the playoffs. But after this little stretch, I mean, a lot of fans don't even want them to make the playoffs at this point. So, um, and listen, I love the Knights. I still love this team. You know, I'm still a huge fan of this team. But you got to call it like you see it. This just isn't their year. I don't. I just don't see it happening. If they made the playoffs, there's no way this team is going to handle teams like like Colorado, like Calgary, you know. And then you get even deeper. Like if you make it to the final, you're going to face up against a team like Tampa Bay or Florida or <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know Carolina. No Stacked way. On the East. No way you're going to take you yeah. know, and you're not even going to make it that far. They're not going to make conference finals at this rate. Like if they make the playoffs, it's probably a first round exit maybe a second round exit if they manage to dig deep but um yeah now i know anything can happen in the playoffs but they haven't earned it i don't think personally no. oh, I, I, I agree and don't you know you don't want to be that team that you know you that the old classic you've got to be in it to win it and you think mm-hmm. yeah well that's fine but it's, <laughs> it's it's not a lottery like there is skill behind it it's not like when you get in the playoffs i know anything can happen mm-hmm. but it is still based on quality of players and and, and you know, and the, and the tactics that's employed and all that kind of stuff. It's not a complete random shoot, you know. People always talk back to St. Louis when they were bottom at Christmas and then they won the Stanley Cup. It's like, yeah, but they also changed coach and went on a crazy win streak before they got in the playoffs. They mm-hmm. weren't like dog crap in all the way up until the playoffs and then suddenly out of nowhere, like, bang, now we're great. Like, right. it, it's, not, it's not how, it's not how it's not, sports it's not how, work like that, yeah, yeah, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you not, get freak results. Of course you do. Tampa Bay were subject to that themselves when they lost 4-0 to, to, to Columbus. But mm-hmm. I think my issue with this is I get the injuries, but the last three games, these are games they had to win. And they're games that they should win. Ottawa are crap. And yes, I know, they beat Seattle as well. Um, but we're crap, so it's fine. Like Philadelphia are crap. Buffalo are crap. These are teams that you in your day would have dispatched these teams with no problem whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And 
other teams do. Yeah. You know, other teams, I mean, okay, yeah, I think I could be wrong with one of these teams. I think it may be either Ottawa or Buffalo or Phileas, one of them's anyways on like some weird streak. Actually, it's Arizona. Arizona on some like four game win streak or something weird, but 90, like the reason why they are second from bottom because now Seattle's bottom is because they're crap and because most of the teams in the league have dispatched them but you actually lost to them as well. I mean, like, I know we're talking about the three results that happened this week, but if we go back like a couple of weeks ago, well, we've got the same problem again in terms of in terms of the results. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's, it's a, difficult, man. It's yeah, it's discouraging. Um, it's a discouraging time uh, in the in the life of the franchise, and um, I don't want to I don't want to get ahead of our agenda here, but. Um, you know, there, there are some things about the history of this team that, uh, yeah. that actually, in my opinion, deeply affect the psychology around not only the fan base, but the team itself. Um, yeah. you know, and success comes with a price and, um, you know, we can get to that in a second. I don't, like I said, I don't want to jump ahead, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think this team is having a harder time grappling with this adversity because of the history of the franchise, (laughs) right? Because of the history of the franchise and the expectations of this organization and the expectations, uh, of the fan base. I mean, should we just jump into that? That because we we talked about this part. Yeah, about, the, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, I love the fact that and you're right. What you said a second ago in terms of success coming with a price. And I guess the question that I would have for you, JP, is, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Of course, we've said that many times. But is the fact that Vegas had such a good year now starting to become, you know, a bit of a curse? Yeah, I do think. I think it's a double edged sword. I, you know, I, I don't think it's all negative, but I do think there is an element of it where this team and this fan base has a little bit of a curse that they're going to have to shake off, uh, mm-hmm. because of that first year success. Um, you know, there are still a lot of fans who relentlessly admire and compare to that first year team, which at this point is kind of bordering on absurd you know i I don't fault anybody for loving the first year team i love the first year team yeah i was there through that whole thing i went to all the playoff games like i was at game two of the stanley cup final that year like so i get it i was a big Mm. part of that whole experience it was amazing but Mm. it was never going to happen twice (laughs) it's just that's a once in a lifetime thing and and unfortunately though a lot of the fans will never forget that first year and they will forever compare every roster from now on to that first year. Right. And, and it was lightning in a bottle and that's just not how sports works. Right. It's just not, you know, it, it, it's not realistic to expect that we're going to have that kind of magic every year. And, and it's funny because this team has gone to the conference final you know, two other years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but people after those conference final runs, a lot of fans were like, gosh, this team is crap. They can't score when it counts. And most fan bases would be thrilled with a, with a conference final appearance, but yeah, you know, they made the Stanley cup final in year one and they, you know, they haven't made it since. And, uh, it's not just on the fans, it's on the team too. Like it hasn't a real effect on the team, not only the expectations from management and the front office, but the expectations from the fans, like the fans are not nice to the team the way they used to be in, in the home arena. Like, I think that's part of why the home ice advantage is gone. I don't think the guys like playing there to be honest, because the fans have grown to be sort of brutal on them. I think like more brutal than other fan bases, you know, the expectations are so high that, um, I don't know. I just, I mean, their road record is considerably better this year than their home record. So yeah, I think, you know, to answer your question, I got a little long winded there, but it, um, I absolutely think that kind of success can come with a price. And there is a little bit of a curse there. Now they look, they have not played well this year. Call a spade a spade. Like I'm not saying, that people's perspective is totally skewed and that the nights are actually good and no, they're, they're having a crap year for sure. But, um, but I do think expectations being so high is not helping, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, and look, you know, we're going to come to Seattle in a second, but that is that is part of what has made this season so difficult for us is that it doesn't matter if 50% of the fan base went in thinking we're not going to be like Vegas. The problem is everybody else did. And it was the expectation. The expectation was not do the best you can, lads. The expectation was Stanley Cup final. You need to go one better. Like mm-hmm. that that was the that's the kind of the mantra. So, you know, and you could see that because you had fans talking around, you know, doing trades three, four, five months in to because they wanted to be competing for a Stanley Cup. And you just thought, Yeah, but we're not. And we're, so Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see, and we're not going to talk about this right now, but it would be interesting to see in years to come which which route or or route uh, was the was the the more successful one, you know, in terms of Vegas versus Seattle. I mean, as I've said it time and time again, but for me, that battle mm-hmm. of who had the better, you know, expansion draft, who had the better kind of game plan and organizational setup, is a ten year test it's not so you can't base it on one season so right yeah um, but absolutely and and you know i'll be honest the you know the whole sort of underdog story where it's like a team that's greater than the sum of their parts and um getting a bunch of ragtag misfits together and then going all the way that's a beautiful sports story we all love those stories and we got to live it in vegas it was amazing right it was a once in a lifetime totally lucky beautiful amazing thing and it happens every once in a while in sports like if i'm talking about england um what was it a few years back so um, leicester city leicester city like that is a total cinderella story like nobody ever thought that they'd go all the way and i remember even the coach like in interviews they kept (laughs) saying like championship championship you guys are looking like and he wouldn't even comment on it he was like nope Nope. nope. And then I remember like when they were within two or three games of winning, he was like, you know what? I'm going to say it. We can win. Right. Like it was so yeah. exciting to watch that team go all the way. But these are exciting sports stories that happen once in a great while. No Perfect team, storm, yeah. no team that forms a dynasty, builds a dynasty off of a ragtag group of misfits who happen to be greater than the sum of their parts because everything only comes together perfectly once in a blue moon. And that's the case with Vegas too. It was only ever going to be that first year. You can't build a long-term team off of that. But I think unfortunately a lot of fans like thought, Oh, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just keep that team together? And then we'll just keep winning every year. That was never, I mean, look, half of that roster is not even in the NHL anymore. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, so we have to be realistic. I don't fault the front office. I I don't think, I think the front office is swinging for the fences. I think they're building a hockey team, you know, a contender. One, one of the ways that you can legitimately build one. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Like sometimes you're gambling, you're rolling the dice and you know, this year things haven't panned out for them. But, uh, anyway, like I said, I'm rambling a little bit, but, um, I'm also venting because, you know, I'm sort of, I'm in mourning a little bit. Because you're emotional about it, man. It's, yeah, which, is, which is to be expected. So, yeah. um, but we're going to take that emotion away from you a little bit and uh, go across to Seattle because uh, obviously we cover both sides on this podcast and yes. they both had equally dreadful weeks. <laughs> um, but uh, so, although I've said that, Carolina, Carolina game kickstarted it. So that was a loss 3 2. We also lost, we lost all the games this week, by the way. So we're keeping that old good old trend <sighs> going. Yeah. So we lost to Toronto. That was 6 4. But in reality, it was 5 4 because we had an empty net goal. And then we lost to Ottawa, which was a killer because that was an overtime goal, which was very frustrating. That was, I watched that game in full as well. Unfortunately, the other two were highlights. Um, but that means that now, though, and these, these are some of those horrific stats that I warn people about. So our skid is now at four games. But if you go back a bit further, this is where it starts to get depressing. So since February 1st, so February 1st, 2022, the Kraken have won three games in mm. what is going to very close to being two months because we've got a pretty tough schedule coming up. Um and that was the that was when we beat the Islanders, when we beat Anaheim, and when we beat Nashville. Um, I just the difficulty with the last three games is we weren't particularly dreadful in terms of our performances, but we, we just weren't at the races. And it's it's more signs that we're just not we're not competing. We're not really competitive against those top teams. I mean, we looked best against Ottawa, mm-hmm. but like Ottawa are dreadful. So like of, of course we look good against them. We looked average against them. 
Um, but it was pretty bad. But I mentioned goalies, okay? So currently, our team goalie save percentage is 0.875 as a tandem, okay? And that is the NHL's worst record in 25 years, which shows how well. When people say, oh, it's not all about the goalies, which I don't think it is. I think the defense play a part and in the game against Ottawa, um, Larson gave up this horrendous pass that he completely like swung a miss at and then ends up get letting the uh, the attacker go through. Can't think it was, and then he, he buries it. But um, it was like it. You, you, whatever you can say about a defense, you can't look past the goalies. Like it's the worst save percentage in twenty five years for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's been other teams in the last twenty five years who have had good goalies behind crap defense. And they haven't had this sort of issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the save percentages for the last three games. So Grubauer played two of them, and, and Driga played the, the the Ottawa game. And Grubauer was nine oh nine against Carolina. Had a reasonable night. Pulled us from good saves. Uh, Toronto, it was awful. He was eight three nine, and he looked it. And uh, and Driga was eight five two against Ottawa. And yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be a long a long slog for the rest of the season, which is, which is tough. And I, and I get this for, for the fan base and for Seattle Kraken fans, by the way, that are still listening to this podcast. Um, a, thank you very much to everyone who listens to this podcast, of course, but for you guys, especially like there is no upside coming for us. Like, but there is no, we're not turning this around now. This is going one way before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And that's it. The only thing that we can do is, is hope to see some of the younger kids play after the trade deadline and then you can at least start to see, well, what would the future look like? You know, where does he fit in? How's, what skill set has he got that maybe is going to be an important piece going forward? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to try and stay positive. Uh, sorry, JP, you going to say something, mate? Oh, no, I was, yeah, I was, I was just going to ask, but yeah, we can turn it positive. I was going to ask if you think they're going to hold on to both of the goalies. Like, is there a chance that either of them get <laughs> That's moved? That's a great question. At the trade, That's a great trade question. deadline. Hard to say. I, I don't think they could move any other. Uh, Grubauer's not going anywhere because he's locked in. Both of them have no movement clauses, so the goalie would have to waive it. Mm. Um, there are teams that want goalies. Right. I mean, obviously, Toronto is the most obvious one because like, most of their goalies are injured, but Edmonton were looking at goalies as well because I saw that Varlamov didn't waive his no movement clause because... Uh, the Islanders asked him whether or not he would move his, where he would waive his no movement clause and go to Edmonton, mm. and he said no. Um, so uh, the goalie has to agree to that. So I just I don't see them moving the goalies. I think even if the goalie agreed to move, I don't know who's going to take that on. And what is depressing before we get to the positive bits? So the last negative bit, um, or the last one for this section anyway, is that both these guys have signed up for next year. So. <laughs> Back we go again, boys. <laughs> it's not going to change. You know? <laughs> well, at least, I'll, yeah, and I'll let you get to your positive. I was to say one bright side is that Grubauer has had amazing numbers in the past, uh, and and we don't have to assume that he won't have amazing numbers again. Like it doesn't doesn't mean he's going to keep playing that way. He's proven he's capable of being, you know, an outstanding elite goalie. So uh, you know, there's still there's yeah. still hope there, but. But with that positive, what what was your positive? You were going to segue into well, like so the Grubauer thing right, makes me laugh because he has been slightly better, but it just kind of feels like you know you got a maybe a and it's just a bad analogy, but I can't think of anything else to go with. But it's like a guy who's you know like forty stone turning around and saying they lost six pounds. You're like, yeah, it's great, mate, but <laughs> you got a way to go, you know. And it's right. a little bit like Grubauer. Grubauer has a couple of good nights. I'm still yeah. sat there thinking. Yeah, that's great, but yeah, unless but you can do this every night, it's right. kind of pointless. Yeah, right. Like we don't want you to be good four nights of the year and yeah. dreadful for the rest. We need you to be pretty average. Yeah, all of the nights, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, that's that's him. Um. But some of the positives we saw, um, Swartz came back, which was good. He returned uh, after obviously being out for quite a while with an injury. Um. He's definitely one of the pieces that I think we need to build around. Mm-hmm. He he's never really got like a lights out numbers because he's not that kind of player. He doesn't score for a winger. He doesn't score that many goals, but he's still for us. 
is a really important piece. I think he'd end up on the bottom of a top uh, in terms of a top six. I think he'd end up on the second line. I don't think he'd be a. He's going to be, you know, he's not. You can't. He's not going to be your goals. He's not going to be your assist man. But he is certainly a big important player in that top six, and we've missed him. Um, but uh, in terms of positives, uh, that was the only one I could find. <laughs> there, was, there was not really any others. <laughs> being brutally honest, and it was just there was just nothing else to go on. Like it was, it was just three really awful games. And then I looked at the standings, and we're now officially rock bottom in the West, yeah. which is depressing. And we're second bottom in the entire league with Montreal yeah. behind us. And we play Montreal next game, and I think if they beat us. We go officially bottom of the NHL. Yeah, that's like a which that's is, like, um, and if they officially yeah, kind of hit yeah hit rock bottom for the season. I mean, it's got to be hard for the players too, right? Like we think it's hard for for us fans in these kind of situations. But imagine, you know, imagine if you play for the Kraken right now. Like it's it would be tough to dig deep every night. And and you know, at this point, I guess you're playing for contracts, you're playing for jobs, but. Um, yeah, you know when you when you go out there and, and you just know like well the odds of us winning tonight are are not high. like you just lose belief right I mean right it's yeah. hard to I guess it's some people say it's hard to feel sorry for them because they're in the NHL and they're making all this money but uh, it's still you got to go in to, and do your job every day right money or not and that would be a that would be a drag yeah. you know to to have to face that but um, but that's where you need leaders, right? And you need leaders yeah. in a locker room. And I'm, and I'm not saying that Giordano is not a good leader. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is. Like he was captain of the Calgary Flames for a long time. Like this guy is a captain. And obviously currently he's our captain. Mm-hmm. But every single person in that locker room knows that he's getting out of there. And that's got to suck for some of the guys yeah. that are, right. you know, same age as him. Well, not age, but same level as him, like Larson, like Alexiak, like, you know, Eberly, who must be, when he's saying, you know, we're in it together, lads, mm-hmm. they must be sat there thinking, well, we're not, are we? Because you're, you're going. You're about to so, split. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're going to go and have your playoffs. Yeah. And I'm going to be watching TNT. Like, this is just, this is not, like, it's not, right. it's yeah. not the same. That's, so. a, that's a strange dynamic that I've never really thought of, but you're right. Like, guys who know they're probably on the move at the deadline, and if they are on the move, it's, good chance in a situation like that, good chance it's going to be on a playoff bound team. Right. So like Mm -hmm. he's got something to look forward to, but a lot of the other guys don't. Yeah. You know, you don't, we don't think about these dynamics, these locker room dynamics, but they matter. They matter a lot, you know? And, um, and like with a team like Seattle, there there's, it's too late, right? They're not the season mathematically. They, they could still make the playoffs, but we all know they're not going to. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's tough. I mean, look, there's not much season left, right? Like trade deadline, and then we can start getting excited about um, building for next season. Like it's just another week or two, <laughs> and, and the trades are going to start happening. And they you know, are. They are. that's really what we need to start looking toward, right? With the Knights, they may still make the playoffs, but honestly, like I don't care anymore, you know? So really that's, uh, that's kind of the thing to focus on now. Like what's, let's talk about next year. What can we do about next year? You know? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I would say for the for the, the Vegas fans that are feeling down, obviously yourself included. Um, well, a it can get a lot worse. Trust sure. me, sure, absolutely, um, yeah. And you know, you, you do never know. I mean, uh, the, the team can't think like this because they've got to pull their act together. But for a fan base, like there is still time to turn it around. Mm-hmm. So there was one last thing that I wanted to catch up this week, and it does include a jingle if uh, we can get it to work. I've not had it for a while. <laughs> uh, so the, the, those lifers <laughs> among you who are listening will know that that jingle means player of the week. And some of you are sat, it's currently 40 odd minutes into the podcast, and you're thinking, well, Jesus, guys, you literally just told us how crap these two weeks were for both of you. <laughs> so how on earth have you found a player of the week? Right. And the reality is uh, we struggled. So I'll I'll kick start and then I'll, I'll swing it over to JP. So <laughs> in terms of my player of the week, um, I'm going to choose Jared McCann because, like, a he's yeah you know, he he's he he would have got contract offers in other places, that much I'm sure. Um, he's he's chosen to stay with the night uh, with the Kraken even. <laughs> oh, I know the Knights want him, but tough he's 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 staying. Uh, but <laughs> he's chosen to stay with the Kraken and. 
you know, he's taken a good deal and he's performed well this season and he scored this week. So amongst a very, very poor week, he was a very, well, a somewhat bright light. Yeah, a bright so spot. That's my choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, is my turn for uh, Player of the Week? It is. You've got to uh, dig deep. So, yeah. <laughs> Tough week to pick one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say not the Donoff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him on that. He's uh, uh, that. I honestly mm. like that's uh, that's probably one of the first ones I would trade. He he hasn't he hasn't panned out well at all for this team. Just hasn't been a good fit. But um, if I'm picking my player of the week on on a positive uh, note, uh, I would actually. I know we talked about him some last week, and I would actually go with Ben Hutton. Um, you know, that's a good show. Yeah. Good show. Earned himself. Um, obviously we, he earned himself a contract. We talked about that last week. He signed a two year deal, um, scored a goal in today's game. And, um, honestly, like every time he touches the puck, his work ethic is, is, you know, well, like he, he's a journeyman, right? Like he's an NHL journeyman mm-hmm. and guys like that, they have to, they have to earn their money through hard work. And it, um, it's an, it should be an example for the rest of the team because the work ethic's just not there with a lot of the players. So, um, but with, it sure is with Hutton. I mean, that guy works hard, and he, um, he makes the best of his opportunities and um, likable guy. So, yeah, he was uh, definitely a bright spot for the team this week. So mm. he's getting a lot of minutes too because we, you know, we seems like we've always got a couple defensemen banged up. So. <laughs> exactly yeah and he has he has plenty to do when he's on the ice because right. you guys love to give up uh, a shot <laughs> yeah. or two that's on right. that that's for, that's that's, for certain that's right that's um right. so there we go look we did the impossible we found two players of the week in two dreadful weeks so <laughs> and I, I originally was going to skip it and then i thought well if i start skipping it based on bad weeks we're probably never going to do it again so <laughs> for the rest of this I season yeah play. and look yeah, that, exactly. you know there's always look there's all you, you always have to try to look for the positives you, you can't you can't just say that that everything sucks and that it's always going to suck forever. Like teams go through stuff like this. So it's, mm-hmm. and, and teams aren't just going to be dynasties forever. And, um, that's, this is just part of sports. So, yeah. you know, you can't, and you've got a good base, mate. You've got a good base. The Kraken of a uh, Kraken. Oh my God. What is going wrong with this? This is what happens. <laughs> Thank God. This is the last day. Yeah, they both that start we with are K recording and... at a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Love that. They both start with a K. Yeah. That's a good excuse for being a complete idiot is they both start with a K, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i was gonna list a whole list of things that begin with a k but i can't, I can't be, right. I can't be right. it just it still won't excuse the stupidity uh, but the knights have got a great core team i think you've got to make some moves and i think in the off season they will yeah even if they make the playoffs but you know if you're on about reasons to be positive jack eichel has looked like a game winner. Okay, mm. yes, it was he, him that gave up the puck, which led to the tuck goal. But you know, mm-hmm. so what? It was an empty net goal, you know. And, and that guy was dealing with an inordinate amount of frustration and pressure, given mm-hmm. you know the atmosphere he was playing in. But he's shown me in the in the short time that he's been a Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, yeah, that, Jesus, I even have to double check myself whilst I'm saying you're good. It, you got it. You're is good. that he is? Um, yeah, he has shown <laughs> that he is he is quality, and he is that elite level player that. You know, I would say Mark Stone is in that same mm-hmm. bracket, but yeah. So, you know, stay positive, Vegas fans, because you have a very, very good core. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't. You, uh, yeah, it's it's got to be a tough season. I understand that. So, finishing on a positive note, we have two very special episodes coming up um, in amongst our normal regular. Uh, recording and, and the first one is the trade deadline which is on March 21st uh, which as I look at my calendar right now is a Monday so we're going to be doing a special episode for the deadline just to run through any of the major trades in the league but also any of the major trades that relate to the Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights so the plan will still be to have it out on the Tuesday but just so that the listener basis aware you know we we might be in flux a little bit in terms of the uh, the dates with this because we want there's no point in this recording on the sunday and then recording again on the monday night 
And you know what happened because it happens every time we record on a Sunday is that we finish the cracking night show and then someone goes, right, press button on that trade. And then it happens as yeah. soon as we start recording. So, always, right after we finish. So yeah, exactly. So there's no point in doing it twice. And then we've also got an interview uh, with a guy called Owen Krebs. Hopefully, Owen, I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, then I'm sure you'll let me know. Uh, who's the uh, new beat writer at Vegas Hockey Now. Um, so we're going to be interviewing him in a couple of weeks as well. So look out for that. Um, so there we go. Well, look, JP, it's been, it's been, I won't say it's but it has been fun talking hockey with you. It's, um, it's, it's, it's sad to see the hope be drained from, <laughs> I know everyone else can't see your face, but I can see your face and I can see the hope drained from it. Um, but <laughs> You know, there is still time. There was 20, 20 odd games. There was time for Vegas to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to get tough. And it, that's just, it's like I've always said, it's part of the journey. It's part of the drama. If you choose to be a sports fan, this comes with it. So it, I still enjoy it. smooth. I still enjoy it. Like it's, it's, it's all good. It's just, um, you know, it's more fun when you win, but, uh, <laughs> I like that. I, I still enjoy it. And I'm still there. Well, sat here thinking, yeah, you could have fooled me. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well look thank you for listening to this episode uh, we obviously appreciate every listen um we are going to be back to normal so if you've heard you know uh, background noise you don't normally hear or you've heard the dog that is currently to the left of me now snoring his head <laughs> off which he does then i apologize it adds um, character to the episode yeah exactly yeah but it's made it a bit different if nothing else so as always thank you for listening stay well stay safe stay positive and We will see you in a week's time. So, bye-bye.